Day and welcome to the Pandemic Show. Stories of the Pandemic for people living in the Pandemic. No one is alone on the Pandemic Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow the Pandemic Show on social media. Today we are transcending time and space to talk with Tom Jackson on the important subject of truth and reconciliation. Tom Jackson, it is a pleasure and honor to have you here today on the Pandemic Show talking about a very important subject matter, your new song, Lost Souls, which addresses the legacy of residential schools and the continuing discovery of more unmarked graves. Tom Jackson, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Pandemic Show. Well, thank you so much, Dave. It's an honor to be part of your world. And I'm glad that you're part of mine because if we do things as a team, we win. I am recording this interview on the traditional land of the Abishani, Haudenosaunee, and Neutral people. We are on the Upper Canada Treaty and on the Grand River Watershed. Thank you so much for your time here today. And Tansi, welcome to the Pandemic Show. We're going to listen to your powerful song, Lost Souls. What led you to write this song? I was working on a project in Glasgow, Scotland, and it came on the world news. I had a profound experience, and I often do this when I feel like I need to say something and I don't really have someone to say it. I write it down. Immediately following this report that I'd heard that came from Kamloops and the discovery of these 215 bodies, our graves, I found relief by saying something by doing something, by being proactive. Within uh, a short period of time after seeing the news, I wrote this song. When I got home, a friend of mine, he said, we have to record this. And I had another friend of mine and he said, I want to do the video. What you're about to hear is in fact the result of all of that. And we'll talk more about this as a level of participation and a call to action. life 
is in your hair. I'll cut it. You say a prayer. Government says we got an issue. We don't know what to do. Too brave and proud, it's true. Chop that totem down an inch or two. You broke my heart. Now you want my soul. It's tearing me apart. Where do lost souls go? Where do 215 lost souls go? lift her skirt and lay her in the dirt. If this stays hidden, there is no villain. If you want to defeat the Indian, take away their children. You broke my heart. Now you want my soul It's tearing me apart Where do lost souls go? Where do 215 lost souls go? Thank you, Tom, for that song. A powerful song that addresses the truth. And it seems, just speaking from my own experience, I remember in grade school, I went to a Catholic grade school. In grade seven or eight, we saw the movie, I Hear the Owl Call My Name. I haven't seen it since I was a child, but that was my first experience with the residential school situation. It did, to me, convey that the children were abused. I also heavily remember the Oka crisis as a child. So that's my framework early on as I've gotten older and traveled and met people from different nations. The truth is undeniable that the government of Canada, the, the colonial government enacted a policy of genocide to take the land. The Truth and Reconciliation Report came out in 2015. Maurice Sinclair and his team did a great job presenting the facts, telling the historical story. I've started to read it. I've learned so much in the first 80 pages. I learned how families would dress up their children in clothes that they were to be proud of and go to school. And then when they get to school, they'd be humiliated by having their hair cut, their clothes thrown out, put into uniforms, a dark side of how people treat other people. 
How long ago did you learn that, did you say? In grade seven and eight was my first exposure to what was going on, but it wasn't until I'd be in my 20s and 30s that I really started to get a deeper understanding of mm. the horrible legacy of the colonial model towards First Nations people. So one of the deeper, darker elements of this is that a lot of people over the course of their lifetime about this situation and a large number, a larger number, I guess you could say, haven't heard about it because it hasn't been shared because there has been a silence around it. The people who denied it, perhaps, maybe feeling guilty or maybe saying to themselves, well, it's got nothing to do with me. It wasn't my fault. They're right. It has nothing to do with them. It's not their fault. What happened is not their fault. What happens is a whole other thing. So now that you've heard, the question is, what are you going to do? Now that you're hurt, what are you going to do? Is if you hurt, you probably want to heal. Okay, so the process of healing isn't always peaches and herb. It's not. You know, when you, you get a little toe, do you even know you have a little toe? You know your baby toe? Not until you, you stub it. it. <laughs> until you stub it. Exactly. And then you know until it's actually healed that you have a baby toe. It's present. Okay, that's where we're at. There's a presence right now that has amplified the sound of silence. And what are we hearing and what are we going to do is, is a big question. It may seem like it's overbearing. Like, oh no, I can't handle this. The weight on my shoulders. I've had that. And I'm betting you've had that too from various times in your life. Okay, there's a weight on this shoulders. What are you going to do? Well, let me give you a little secret. When you listen to this song, when you've finished, it's four minutes, but it's probably 20 minutes. It's going to take you a while to absorb and to collect your thoughts. Pick up your phone, call somebody, tell them you love them and ask them to go and find this song, find the video listen to it, watch it, and play it forward. Pay it forward, play it forward. It's because we can create a momentum, we can create a movement, or join the movement because it's already happened. You don't want to get left behind on this, it's going to change the world, right? If you would like to see a better world, say to yourself, I. Okay, maybe some of you would. If you'd like to see a better world, say I. I. If you'd like to see a better world, say love. Love. How do you feel? Tom Jackson, I think I love you. <laughs> It's really important to me to convey to you that yes, in truth and reconciliation, we need to observe the tragic. That's the truth. The reconciliation part is magic. Yes, we acknowledge the tragic. Okay, let's do something that's magic. Now's the time to make that happen. Now is the time to take the verb and utilize it. What verb you're asking? Love. That's it. You got it. I remember that part of the pandemic. It was spring 2020 in Kamloops. The first unmarked mass graves were publicly recognized through scientific method. But the First Nations people have known for a long time that there was a lot of missing children. Since that 215 number, now I believe we're over 6,000. It baffles me that the churches that are involved have taken some of these documents out of the country. Why do we not have access to those children's names when there are those files? There's so many things that seem that it would be easy to do, but it haven't, hasn't happened yet. I'm 100% with you. I acknowledge that bit of information to be true. There are archives that didn't all get moved. There are boxes, boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of archives that are still available. They just have not been opened. They will get opened, but they only get opened if you ask to have them opened. It takes political will and it takes 
the involvement of a group of people who will go to their constituent and they'll say, if you're not going to save the life of my child, I am not going to vote for you. And I'm going to tell everybody that I know to not vote for you. And I'm going to tell them why, that you will not save the life of my child. What does that mean? That means I need to have a message for my child. I need to have something for my child to hang on to. I need some truth so my child can understand what this word, this big word, I can't spell it. It's called reconciliation. The dot, 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 reconciliation, it means something. It's got some weight. There has been some change in the sense that now the resource extraction industry the corporations and the government are now including First Nations more at the table in terms of sharing. Is that, that's something I seem to be observing. My understanding too, is that that's the direction we're going. We've seen in the East coast of Canada now, First Nations have bought the fishing rights and are now running the fisheries, the fisheries contracts. And I am naive to a lot of this, but we are, it seems that we're seeing some change on the economic front where there's more economic empowerment and inclusion. Is that part of reconciliation? It is inclusion on all levels, not just on natural resource levels, because if you just hung that medal, that award on resource sharing, you'd have a short runway. It would be a very short runway. There are, there, there may be, I don't know, but I'm going to, uh, this comes out of the book of lies because I don't know anything. I know nothing, but I'm going to just say that say 30% of the nations in this country had some kind of form of resource. The other 70%, the other 70% living on lots of sand on rock with no resource other than their own soul and their own strength by which they survived. You thought we were going away, but we didn't go away. We can survive. No, okay, we still need housing. It's true. We still need potable water. It's true. We still need to have food. It's true. Sustainable food. Those three things are huge. And if you think there's no solution to that, that's not true because there is a solution. If you want water, go talk to the army. If you think that the army, when it needs water, potable water doesn't have, there are no filters out there. No, no, there are. If you want housing, there's technology out there that can build sustainable, affordable housing that is the best housing on the planet. But is there a will to build affordable? That becomes my question. I challenge you to say no. Industry is such that, it, and I, I understand, we all have to make a living. But if you want to build affordably and you're telling me you can't afford to build affordably, I get it. I get that. But the reality is you can. You can build affordably. You can access affordable housing right? and food. Okay, we, gotta, we have to plant food in places where food doesn't grow. So what do you do? You put it above ground. This isn't rocket science. It's like the pandemic in a way. Let me say the pandemic on one side, we're battling a virus and we need to get a vaccine. That's rocket science. I get that. On the other side, we're flanked by mental health. That's not rocket science. That part is not rocket science. If we take a step back and do not fall victim to the merchants of immortality, we do not have to take a pill to feel better. There is a social prescription that one can take. What does that look like? Well, it's a rhetorical question. I want to create health. I don't want to have to manage disease. I want to create health and I want to do it. I want a full hand. I want compassion. I want empathy. I want hope. I want faith. I want love. That's a full hand. It's a strong fist and it's a good arm. At the end of the day, this is very important. If you leap, learn, laugh, and love, that's a social prescription that works every time. What does that mean? Leaping, 
dancing. I talked to a girl once. She was a First Nation dancer. And I asked her why she dances. She said, I dance because I cannot forgive and forget. I cannot forgive and forget. She said, so I dance till I sweat because there's a toxic trickster in me. And it's just to the right of my heart. And if I dance till I sweat, this toxic trickster gets extricated. It leaves me. And when that happens, I find that I can forgive. I just can't forget, but I get it. So dance till you sweat. Do something that makes you sweat. Exercise, run, do what you need to do to find a spot, extricate that toxic trickster. So leaping, learning, find a book that makes you laugh, not one that makes you cry. Right? Find something that makes you laugh, that makes you feel good, that you learn something from. Leaping, learning, laughing. The last time that you laughed 200 times in a day, I'm betting, Dave, you were two years old. Funny Bone's a little rusty. The creator has given us the best medicine on planet. He gave us laughter. So leap, learn, laugh. And what do you think the last one is? Love. Not the word, but the verb. That's a medicine for you. We are very lucky here on the Pandemic Show. Stories of the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. We are grateful to be talking with tom jackson on a special truth and reconciliation issue of the pandemic show you are also a fantastic prop comedian <laughs> wow for crying out loud community is so important and the pandemic is really showing that to us tom jackson thank you so much for joining us here on the pandemic show as we work to unite humanity with stories of shared experience now in your illustrious career on stage and as a performer, one thing really stands out to me, your involvement in Star Trek The Next Generation. You were in Season 7, New Beginnings, an episode where Wesley Crusher transcends time. Shout out Will Wheaton from The Pandemic Show and your buddy Tom Jackson. <laughs> we have a question from Captain Jane from the USS Vector a science class starship in Star Trek International fandom out of Waterloo Region on the Grand River watershed. Captain Jane asks, how did you get the role of LaConta in Star Trek The Next Generation? You know, it was interesting. I was sitting with my longtime friend and agent no less than three days ago, and we were talking about this, and I said, you know what? I got a call on a Friday to be in Los Angeles. I was in Winnipeg at the time. I got it call on Friday to be in Los Angeles on Monday if I would like to be a part of the cast of Star Trek. <laughs> and I laughed at her and I said, you know what? I, I'm guessing somebody got fired because nobody <laughs> calls you on a Friday and says, do you want to be on Star Trek? Can you be in LA Monday? I got there. My experience was terrific. I got to sit on, on the in the captain's chair and I got on the phone. You remember the, the, the old shoe phones? Somebody borrowed me one and, and I called my friend Graham Green. Remember Graham? You know Graham Green? Graham Green, an actor? Yeah. So I because I had been on his deck with him uh, watching water. I was actually out in a pontoon with him and we were fishing, but he doesn't have any fish in his in his little slough. But we were sitting there with a little six pack of beer, throwing stuff into the lake, pretending we were going to catch fish. We talked about what we would like to do that we hadn't done. We both said Star Trek. So I called him and gave him the nanny nanny poo poo thing <laughs> over over the phone. And said, "Guess where I am? I'm on the I'm on the in the captain's chair on uh, on the Star Trek Enterprise." In your episode. Uh, it was a contentious issue and it addressed the North America's colonial past. The Federation was negotiating a peace treaty with the Cardassians and some Cardassian planets, colonized planets were on the Federation side of the peace treaty and some Federation planets were on the Cardassian side of the peace treaty. In this episode, 
a tribe of North American First Nations people had been traveling through space for 200 years to look for the just right planet to live the rest of their lives. And they found this planet and Captain Picard was ordered by the Admiral to go and remove those colonists. Lots of different storylines came together in it. You played LaConta and your storyline, you had a relationship with Wesley Crusher played by Will Wheaton. Ultimately, what ended up happening was that the, the tribe was not removed. They stayed there. So it was a, it was history rewritten and in a positive in a positive way how did the vision quest described and guided by lacanta compare in general with actual first nations vision quests well let me just say this you probably think that i know how to paddle a canoe i do not i also don't know which side of the tree a moss grows on I can give you a couple of hints of how to play pool. Maybe we'll get together. One of the things that I remember about the episode, and it was very cool, it, it mirrored a lot of what happened here. We talk a lot about resource development and whatnot. That, so the planet that the First Nation people were on, as it had resource, and the government at the time, or those governments, decided they wanted it back. So they want to take those people and take it back. Well, that happens maybe not so much anymore, but it used to take place uh, here in our country, in North America, where it's considered crown land, anything beneath the soil. You can own the, the surface, but you don't any, own anything that's under the surface. Well, that's changed now, and that's a good thing. A lot of economic development includes First Nation people. A lot doesn't yet. They still have a long way to go. But I always say, if you're going to make a plan, you need to take a step. And if you're going to take a step, you might want to take another one and another one. Because you're never going to get to your destination if you don't keep moving. So Star Trek was a great experience. The Star Trek franchise, there's so many new projects in, in the works. There's cartoons. There's everything happening. Maybe Graham Greene will get a call next time. Or would you like to go back and, and work with them again? Yes, is the answer. And maybe Graham will. Maybe there'll <laughs> be two captains. Maybe there'll be a couple of Indians out there in the on the Starship Enterprise. Okay. They used to call us Indians. I don't know call us that anymore. That episode is dated. But change has happened and more change is coming. We're three months away from 2022. We've been in the pandemic now for over a year and a half. You are creative mind, such a community-oriented person, a goodwill ambassador. You work on a project, Ballots Not Bullets. You live by the philosophy that the gift is in the giving. I'm not saying... You're not saying. Do you think this pandemic will help bring us closer to a more peaceful world than the world we lived in going into the pandemic that was ripe with income inequality, discrimination, how we treat our seniors, how we treat migrant workers? The pandemic's highlighted so many challenges that existed pre-pandemic. Do you think this time of reflection will help us move forward united into a more peaceful future? I think it'll make people get off the fence. It allows us to reassess, to do a, an accounting, see that we may not, we may want to change direction, see that this is not working. And if it's not working, we want to change direction. But if we don't take an accounting of ourselves, we won't have the opportunity to change direction. So we often do that once a year. We do it on New Year's Eve. We look at what we did and what we want to do. But what if we did it twice a year? What if we did it in June and in, in December? Or, or what if we did it once a month? Or dare I say once a week, or once a day, once an hour? Just think that if you wanted to make a, a commitment to yourself to make the world a better place and you checked on yourself once a day to see how you're doing, I'm going to guess you'd get a lot more people in your canoe if you're trying to get to the other side of the river 
you know, more people in your canoe with a paddle, you probably get there a lot faster. Tom Jackson, cannot thank you enough for your time today here on the Pandemic Show. Stories <laughs> of the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. No one's alone on the Pandemic Show. Your song, Lost Souls, it, it is such a powerful song, and I look forward to sharing that song with people in my circle and asking them, to share it so we can get the truth out there and then we can all get down to work on the reconciliation. You bet. Migwitch. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to The Pandemic Show. We're all in this together and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing The Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. Do you have an interesting pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the pandemic show.